Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Yo. We recorded this about 28 days ago. Therefore, you're <laughs> watching this or listening to it 28 days later. Because that's what we're talking about today, 28 days <laughs> later. Uh, the 2002 Alex Garland written film, Danny Boyle directed, uh, obviously made big waves. This is obviously part of our Zombie Month, and it was also the winner of our Patreon vote for Zombie Month. And normally we have a vote every month at patreon.com slash TV, but because Tim's gone paternity leave, we did like three votes in advance for some theme months that we were banking episodes for. One of them was Zombie Month, and the winner of that vote for the Zombie Month was 28 Days Later. So people wanted this, so here we are. And w- which is funny is I'm not I, I I'm not disagreeing with this, but mm-hmm. uh I I have seen some people <laughs> say that they don't consider this uh, a zombie movie. Really, I've never seen that in my life. <laughs> the um the argument I saw like someone I know was talking about it uh, on Twitter, and I guess the argument they were making is that um it, it's not like a zombie because it's more about an infectious disease that makes people want to murder and not necessarily eat people, which I don't know. I I guess you don't see them eating people, but I still got the feeling that that's what the, like what they're trying to do in this movie, you know, like, yeah, it still feels like it. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I I guess there's a little bit of an argument to be made there, but I, no, I still feel like this is definitely a zombie movie. (laughs) I mean, it's a technicality. I mean, it still feels like a zombie. It still plays like a zombie movie. It still has zombie movie yeah. themes. It still has, like everything about it. Is still such a zombie movie that yeah, that's that's, that's it's a, it's a weird hill to die on, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I don't like uh, you know, not not that I, I didn't want to call that person out or anything. I don't. It's not gonna listen to the show. I, I doubt, but like, uh, but I just thought that is an interesting point they brought up, even if I don't agree with it. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. Obviously, it's a, you know. Really big title. People really care about 28 Days Later. It was very popular when it came out. Uh, it, it's, you know, an early... Not the earliest Danny Boyle movie, but it's an early one. It's, you know, it's the, mm-hmm. maybe one of the first things Killian Murphy was in uh, as kind of the lead character. Sure. Christopher, Christopher Eccleston's in there in a role. Naomi Harris. Um, and my opinion of 28 Days Later has always been a little bit mixed. I've never been outright in love with it, like a lot of people were at the time. How was how, 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 your history with this? Uh, well, I, I'm not sure where this is going to fall in the reviews because, you know, we just did the Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, I think this will be after. Okay. Uh, so the, the thing that's kind of interesting is I have a similar feeling to that where, I mean, I think this movie is much better. But mm. um, also, though, the same thing that I said with Dawn of the Dead where I feel like I love this movie when it came out. And, yeah, I feel like I've liked it a little bit less each time I, I watched it like not to the point where i hate it now or i think it's bad but like yeah i, I remember really digging it when it first came out and now when i go back and watch it i'm just kind of like yeah it's okay like I mean, yeah there's some cool stuff uh in there like you know obviously uh yeah uh, like uh some really good performances but um i don't know at the end of the day like you know I, it's not really doing anything like too like crazy like it still feels like you know pretty typical like zombie movie stuff um <clears throat> I, I do love seeing like you know these you know big you know giant like uh you know like england uh like landscapes just like you know these big cities completely deserted like that stuff does feel very like you know uh invocative and and, and stuff but um 
yeah, I mean, overall, though, like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily in love with it uh, either at this point. <laughs> and also, oh. I, I do want to know why why this movie looks like crap. <laughs> like, oh, we'll get into that, because uh, that's that's something that... <laughs> I think the, the further time we've, we've gone on, the more, like, of an issue that's become with this movie, because... Yeah, I, I have the Blu-ray for this, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, wait, was did I accidentally <laughs> put in a VHS or something? Like, what, what is this like? <laughs> <laughs> no it does the movie looks like shit and uh, we'll talk about why it looks like shit in a minute. i'll okay. give my general thoughts first though and then i'll i'll get into the the quality the technical issue um yeah i i think the movie does a lot of cool things i think unlike Zack snyder's dawn of the dead which took a lot from this movie and came out two years later yeah uh, i think this does feel like it's from a directorial hand and you know alex garland who wrote it you know i love his work typically like mm-hmm. all the stuff he's been on to do himself uh especially as a director I, i've really enjoyed um i, I think the tv show he did uh, devs was a little bit like uh, that was a little bit more in the mix side there's a lot of stuff i loved about it but it, it definitely was not quite the home run Wait, but you know ex machina and annihilation i love from garland and he also wrote oh, sure. in, he, I, I think all uh, rumors are that he basically directed dread even though he didn't get credited for it uh because of like uh you know on set troubles or whatever so which movie dread oh dread oh okay yeah. <laughs> so that that's uh that, that's you know, so, I, you know, I love... I'm not a big Danny Boyle guy, really. I, I like Sunshine, but I'm not, like, in a lot of Danny Boyle's other movies. Alex Garland, though, typically I love. So, I can definitely feel some of the, the vibes of, you know, Garland, you know, prodding at social commentary and, like, trying to do kind of that that, that element. Because unlike Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, this is trying to say something. that This does have totally. uh, topics that are brought up. I don't, know if, I don't think it's necessarily the best example of these topics been brought up in a zombie movie. I think there's other better examples of most of the things this movie touches on. I think the appeal of this is that it does kind of feel sort of low-budget documentary and it is like a UK movie, so it was maybe appealing for at least UK audiences at the time to see London be deserted and see Mm -hmm. characters like these ones in this type of movie. And that was probably... you know, And Brendan Gleeson, I didn't mention, I like a lot, actually. Brendan Gleeson shows up in this movie. uh, And he's really good. Um, Do you know who that is, Tim? uh patrick leeson's father uh i mean that's accurate i think yeah <laughs> but did you know who, when i say brendan gleeson do you do, do you picture him do you know who it is it, he's the dad character he's the dad in this yeah but he's, he's also yeah. he's in a, he's in braveheart he's in he was in paddington 2 <laughs> was probably the last thing i saw him in but you know, yeah. he's, in a, he's in a bunch of stuff he's been in, like hundreds of roles over the years uh he's a uh, i believe he's irish uh, much like kelly and murphy a lot of irish uh, representation in this movie um Damn. but the, it's called the lip effect <laughs> the lip <laughs> uh, so you know like i i i think it does a lot of really solid things i think the mood as like the early scenes are playing out where kelly murphy's woken up in the hospital and everything's happened in these 28 days which again Totally. You can you can clearly see uh, the Walking Dead took inspiration from this. It had to have done, you know. I I think Robert Kirkman has said uh, that it is a a, a very strange coincidence because I think the comic book like comes out around the same time, uh, but it is like the exact same premise. And, and obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't think you know neither person. <laughs> you know, some random comic book writer probably didn't know what you know some random I. Uh, 
But I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he's lying. <laughs> I thought the Walking Dead comic started like a couple of years later. I thought it was like 2004-ish, but I could be wrong. I, I'm just doing that from big memory, so I, I actually don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I could be yeah. wrong too. I, just going by like stuff that I, I I thought I heard him say that like in interviews, but yeah. maybe I'm wrong too. It's coincidental. I mean, like there's nothing wrong with taking <clears throat> taking the idea of so, you know the, the character we follow being someone who's woken up from a coma and therefore sure is only experiencing all this for the first time, so they're discovering it like the audience are. It's a simple story mechanic. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I think there's parts of it I like less as I've watched it again, but there's parts that I used to hate that I don't hate as much as well. It's, I'm kind of mm-hmm. in this weird place where I've always kind of been in this mix, but the elements that I like and dislike have kind of changed a little bit as times have went on. Yeah. Um, I used to always hate the last like 40 minutes of this movie and I, I, I still, it's still my least favourite part but I don't hate it as much this time I, I kind of respected a little bit more sure. it was doing on this viewing <coughs> so uh, but before we get into anything else yeah, let's talk about why it looks like garbage <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was shot on video mm-hmm. that's the thing it was basically shot on a, a pro-am video like uh, camera which is mm-hmm. And this is the thing, in 2020, if someone shoots on a Pro-Am video camera, it's not that bad, because a Pro-Am video camera now is at least 1080, if not 4K, and will look, you know, whatever. This is a Pro-Am video camera from, you know, when they shot this in 2001, uh, in SD. Uh, this movie basically has no benefits from being, like, on Blu-ray, uh, mm-hmm. let alone 4K now. It's yeah. it's a movie that was shot. It, it, I, the best example I have for this actually is you know me and Tara have been reviewing the Twilight Zone and the Twilight Zone looks fantastic. The, the remaster on Blu-ray it looks wonderful because it was shot in thirty-five millimeter film and it looks glorious, uh, restored like all the details there. It looks stunning, gorgeous, and that's why movies typically even old movies going all the way back to the thirties look really good when they've been cleaned up because they were shot in this high quality film. It was this great mm. standard that was in place. And even today, like still, some directors still insist on using film. Nolan, Tarantino, and the movies look great still compared to yeah. digital 4K that's used for a lot of stuff. Or some, in some cases, 8K or whatever. Videotape is just as good as it was at the time. And there's a few episodes <laughs> of Twilight Zone that were shot on tape and they look like <laughs> trash compared to the rest. Um, and this movie is shot on videotape, essentially... Uh, so, or, I, actually it's not tape it's, it's digital video I think but the, the point being is that it was shot in standard definition video and as a result as time has went it, it always looked rougher at the time because it was shot from on a lower quality source but as time has went on as we've gotten used to HD and we're now getting used to 4K this movie looks bad <laughs> like it looks really bad yeah like it, it feels like I don't know like a, a dad shooting a you know, like a, a family picnic or a something, like movie. an old a home yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's uh, like, um, it, you know, it's not like I watch the movie all the time, but it is kind of jarring. Yeah. Like anytime I do, yeah, put it on, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I got to get used to this. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know if you did any research or anything, but like, was there any reason why they would have done it this way? Or is it just like, um, I don't know, was that how they're filming movies at the time, or was it like a stylistic choice that Danny Boyle wanted to try this? Well, it's, uh, I think it's a combo. It's, it's not so much that they had to. Uh, the movie had like an $8 million budget. They, you know, they could have used it. It wasn't like how a lot of movies were shot. Movie, movies, from, movies from the entire history of movies look good on film, and there's no reason why yeah. it couldn't have been doing that. Um, 
So I don't know if this was the key reason or if this was like an added benefit and it was more of a stylistic thing because they wanted to feel gritty and documentary-like, mm-hmm. which I would argue against it because you can have gritty and documentary-like but still have it look good on film and still yeah. feel grimy. Look, look, look at uh, Texas Chainsaw, the original Evil Dead, they were shot in sure. 60mm. They, they look grimy, they feel grimy to look at, but they still look good when you yeah. transfer them to, you know, 1080, 4K, whatever. They, they look detailed still. The detail's still mm-hmm. in the grime. Whereas here it looks like bad video that looks almost like it's like blurry and out of focus yeah. at times when it's not supposed to. Um, but one of the benefits was that the scenes where they shot in like the big empty like places like outside Parliament and stuff like that, they had like short windows to shoot like at early in the morning where they could like cut off traffic for like maybe forty minutes, and it's just yeah. easier to set up shots with the video camera than it was like doing a proper film camera. That's one of the benefits. I don't know if that was the key reason, if it was the stale came first and that was like an added benefit, or if that was the yeah. key reason. It's like, oh, well, we'll do a stylistic thing then. Honestly, it doesn't hold up. I think the visual quality of this movie is a big hurdle. When, I, when the, the first five, I ten minutes, as I'm trying to get into it, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this looks like trash. And again, yeah. anyone who tries to defend it and says that you can... You know, that style, they wanted to feel grimy, they wanted to feel like it's, you know, it's like a, a, an old, like, found... No, it's not found footage, obviously, but they wanted to feel like it almost found footage in style. Well, like, yeah, you can still do that with film. It can still look, like, more appealing to the yeah. eye. It doesn't have to look like shit. And I... Yeah. I, I mean, you know me, I'm not a frame snob. Like, you know, I, I still... <laughs> yeah, I, I still watch, like, my betas and, and, and stuff, and I like it, and, like... Uh, but yeah, this was even like too much for me. I was having trouble, you know, at some points I was always just like, yeah, it's just not really appealing to look at. Like I say, back in the DVD days, it didn't, like it looked worse than other movies just because of the source, but it, it didn't stick out as much because, you know, yeah, like what, I, yeah. when I first saw it, I, I don't remember it, it being that jarring or something that stood out. But, we, you know, we all have bigger TVs now. You know, we're used mm-hmm. to, like, 1080 and 4K. You whack this on, mm-hmm. and it's like, why does this look like someone found a VHS tape that was stuck down the back of a couch <laughs> in 1992? Like, yeah. uh, it, you know, it, it, it is, it's, it's jarring, isn't it? it, it yeah. It, it, it sucks, like, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess there's, like, no way to really, like, clean it up anymore. Uh, yeah, that's... It, 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 it's a shame because I, I do like, uh, you know, not saying that like, oh, okay, yeah, if it looked a little better, it'd be an instant 10 out of 10 or anything, but I think it would definitely help a lot. Like, it's it's so, you, you it's know. so weird because it's this movie that people really care about and like there is a mm-hmm. big audience for it that think it's, you know, a cult favorite and it's a big staple of 2000s horror and it's so weird to me that I literally own Blu-rays of, like, these weird, like, D-grade horror films that have been remastered <laughs> by, like, Stream Factor or whatever, you know. Like, a couple yeah. of weeks ago for the bonus episode on the Ace, I, I you know, I did Terror Vision. I have Terror Vision in, <laughs> on Blu-ray, and it looks great. It looks, looks, you know, it looks like a film that was shot in film, and it, it looks appealing to the eye, and it's high quality, and it's crisp, and you can see the grain, and it, it feels natural, and and in this movie that, that is well known and people care about, looks like this. It is, it's, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's kind of heartbreaking. It's not as heartbreaking as the Buffy re- remaster that they tried to do. But I mean, that can still be saved because that was shot in film if they ever actually put the oh, money okay. into it. But this is this is just a case of they can never do anything to this to fix it. Man, but, that's that's wild. Yeah, just how it was shot, and then we're just we're stuck with this forever. <laughs> um, 
Now, I, I suppose in a weird way, I'm, I'm glad that I don't love the film like other people do, because at least for me, mm. it's not as much of an issue, because I, I don't know how many more times I'm going to care about watching this again now. Well, you know, once I've reviewed it for this, it's like, well, it's not a movie that I'm likely to say I'm in the mood for 28 days later and put back on. I'm probably good now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe like every couple of years, I might get a little itch for it. But yeah, it's not like a, a, a yearly rewatch for me. Um, yeah. Every, every now and again, sure, but mm-hmm. nah. <laughs> <clears throat> I have to buckle because I'll be a little way. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, you can, you can steer the ship for ten seconds, Timmy. Nah, that's that's good. It's <laughs> oh, great. All right. Uh, so uh, as far as the actual sort of like the movie though goes, the the, the characters and and whatnot. Um, there is a visceral quality to it. The actual, like, I mean, the, vis- the visuals look bad because the, the the quality of the image, but the actual, like, cinematography and the choice of, like, editing and, and all those sort of elements, th- those are all solid. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, it's, it's a well-directed yeah. movie uh, in that sense. Um, And then I mean, we talked about, like, you know, Fast Zombies with Dawn of the Dead, uh, but, I mean, as far as I know, like, this was kind of the first thing to or first movie to really do that i mean yeah maybe there are smaller movies that did it before but at least to my knowledge this was like the first time uh yeah seeing like a zombie kind of portrayed this way uh and yeah it was kind of like you know a very simple (laughs) change but also at the same time like wow how why has no one ever thought of this before yeah um i can see there's probably some weird obscure examples that someone will might you know like actually but yeah, <laughs> this is this is the main one that kind of introduced everyone to the fast zombie. It's and yeah, it's fine. Like I, I don't, I, I do prefer the classic slow zombie, but I, I have no problem sure. with this as an option for 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 certain movies. There's definitely, you know, there's other zombie movies that I prefer with fast zombies to this one. Um, you know, I, I think Rex, that probably my favorite. Uh, maybe, sure. maybe there's another one. I'd have to think about it because they weren't they weren't fast and traded yeah. right? They were still slow in that. Good question. I don't remember, honestly. Well, uh, we'll find out how the sequel to that handles them <laughs> very soon. No, I mean, it's not soon for us in recording, but it's soon for you in terms of release schedule, audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peninsula is coming. Uh, Hell yeah. So, yeah, um, I, th- I think what th- stuck out to me this time in the movie is that I-, I think one of the, the, the problems I've had in the past is I, I-, I always felt that the last act was kind of weird and oddly mean mm. versus the rest of the film where Sure. The characters that we meet along the way for the rest of the film are so likable for the most part, and you know, endearing and growing each other, growing us, and then it kind of gets this sort of you know the dark social commentary comes in towards the end. But I think I appreciated it more on this viewing that that's kind of the point that there's, mm-hmm. there's, that everyone is so nice, like there's no almost threat from each other, and it's you know the the, the dangerous humans comes later, and that's kind of your your big third act, like. Uh, like antagonist and like problem and again you mentioned in the dawn of the dead review that's a very common thing for zombie movies is that okay they'll try to survive from zombies but then the the human the real monster mm-hmm. is us it always is us yeah. and <laughs> that's what comes in at, at the end um I, I still do feel like it goes on a little bit too long though that section yes. of the film because uh, yes. the, the movie is almost two hours long and i i, mm-hmm. I really do think that that last like, because i always in my head thought it was the last third it's actually the last <laughs> half they they get to the point. It's, a, it's it's only an hour into the movie when that section starts, so it's a good like fifty minutes. That, that really surprised me. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I I thought like okay, yeah, I know, yeah, this will be like the last uh, 
yeah, like 20, 30 minutes or so, and then being like, oh no, geez, how, how is there <laughs> this much left of this? Yeah, there's almost an hour left. I don't remember the section being that long, and I think that's maybe the biggest problem with that section is just how long it goes. Yeah. Uh, I think the concepts and the ideas are, are, are solid enough, though, in terms yeah. of, of, of what it's doing. And, um, you know, I, I think this time as well, I noticed the arcs a little bit more. I think the, the, the two main characters, which is, you know, Kelly Murphy's character and Naomi Harris's character, she's the one who, of course, he meets after, you know, wandering around for a day. Uh, she saves him from a zombie. And her arc, uh, I think I like the most out of the two of them. Because mm-hmm. um, hers is kind of the more human arc, where... She's kind of given up. She's kind of like jaded. She doesn't really believe in being happy. It's all just about survival and there's nothing else. And her arc for the film, and I know this is a spoiler to say, her arc is very much about, no, there is a reason to still care about people. There's still a reason to care about love and care about uh, actually wanting happiness more than just surviving. Uh, and Kelly and Murphy's is kind of the opposite in a way where he's kind of not ready to kill anything yet when he wakes up because he's just been thrust into this world. Uh, but of course, ultimately, he's going to learn to fight back and, and you know, and kill and, and whatever uh and there's a little bit more to it than that but that, that's kind of the, the 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 gist of it but um i appreciate those arcs a little bit more than this time uh, i i will say um there's definitely a couple of things that feel a little bit like tropey in a way that i i think even, even at the time there was a montage at one point of them like going around like a supermarket like just like oh we can just get whatever we want so let's have the shopping montage and i'm like yeah. you know what we kind of did this in dawn of the dead the original i mean like you know this is this is kind of a staple of the genre almost it's like hey it's a zombie apocalypse or any type of post-apocalypse we can do what we want we can just walk in and and take things and um yeah and and the movie it's not so much about consumerism but it is definitely about society breaking down and the the true nature of humans and how everything kind of actually i was wondering like do you think there's any sort of like weird messaging or it's just kind of how it starts because at the start of the movie it kind of presents like the reason why this this happens is because there's like these monkeys that are being tested on for pharmaceuticals and it's the people yeah. who break in to like set them free that have released the virus and i, I was almost like taken aback and sort of thought because I, I, <laughs> I forgot about this scene and i was like mm. is there some sort of weird like uh like anti mm. like anti-anti like, like testing message here <laughs> like it, yeah it, it's a little strange uh because uh i mean first of all i do love seeing uh you know i, I love chimps uh, so it's always nice to, to see him uh, in, in a movie uh, especially a horror movie but um yeah the i i mean I, you know part of it could be that you know they're trying to i mean maybe they're trying to say the message is like oh yeah this was all brought on because of you know the evils of animal testing but then at the same time it's like or may, is the message that like um yeah, these uh, I don't know, like uh, what do you call them? Like uh, eco terrorists, kind of or something. Like, like yeah, yeah th- these people are always so concerned with trying to right some injustice that they don't stop and think about the consequences of you know what they're doing. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's specifically trying to say it, but you can like take that message. <laughs> if I was trying to make this so it's more balanced, I would say what it's doing here is this. Okay, so. This virus is man's fault. We did this, yeah. right? Because we're shitty. Um, but it also got released because the other people who arguably are the more morally noble ones, they don't actually stop to listen to the scientists who say, no, they've got it. Because he's actually yelling. They've got something that's going to like, yeah. spread if you let them out. Um, and they immediately, immediately bites them because they don't mm-hmm. listen to him. So I guess it's maybe criticizing communication in each other and how they have to like, you know, humans have to like sort of, 
communicate and bond <laughs> and respect each other, which is kind of a theme throughout the movie. And ultimately, like sure. that's why you know all the antagonist characters in the third act are kind of these these villains and mm. our main little group have kind of like learned to do this with each other, and that's why they're more willing of survival if they do indeed survive. Um, <laughs> Well, one of the things I actually learned about is I just I was looking things up before we started is that there was like three alternate endings, and apparently, okay. uh, on some movie channels they added one of the alternate endings to after the credits, <laughs> uh, and I, and I also apparently later screenings when it came out in the US added it as a post credit scene as well because hmm. it tested well one of the alternate endings <laughs> uh, something like that. I, very very interesting. I never really knew there was an alternate ending. Uh, hmm. I, I've only ever known the actual ending ending uh yeah i mean it, it, I, maybe i knew it at one point if i watched it on like a dvd or something but yeah, yeah i don't think i know it at this point it's probably it's probably on your uh on your blurry i assume yeah probably uh, yeah um but yeah uh yeah cast are good you know kelly and murphy uh naomi harris Brendan gleason you know it's, it's, it's a solid cast like it's a cast of like you've got a lot of talented people involved <laughs> in this movie there's no there's no lack of talent Okay. So, all right. Well, I guess we're about ready to go into the spoilers then. So I will, uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers at the time of recording. And keep in mind, we're recording these episodes very in advance, so uh, this list may have changed wildly by now. But thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Board Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are our Patreon producers for the month of well, recording, which is november but you know whatever <laughs> so thank you very much to, to them that means they are 20 dollars or more on patreon.com slash tv but you can of course support us for much less than that you can support us over there for as little as one dollar per month and help keep all the content coming you get access to all of our bonus episodes the back catalog they're on pause right now but they'll be back uh in the not too distant future uh once tim's back from paternity leave uh but they'll also get access to voting rates at the five dollar tier early access at the five dollar tier so go and have a look and see if you're interested in any of that stuff uh, and if you can't, uh, you know, support us on Patreon, don't feel too bad. You can hit the like button. Liking super important on YouTube, and it is the free way to support us. And it'll help us find more audience members on YouTube. They'll share us around a little bit more. So, yeah. Uh, do any any, and all of those things. Thank you very much. And uh, here endeth the plugging section. <laughs> you know, Tim, sometimes you've got like a... <sighs> Well, with that mustache right now, I can see you playing like, uh, like the sort of character that, that John Lovitz might play in like a in like a movie. That's fair. Yeah. I, I take it. The thought just occurred to me uh, as I was looking at you there, like staring into your uh, your deep brown eyes or whatever. I can't, I can't tell what color they are. <laughs> <laughs> your camera quality is not that good <laughs> anyway so yes full spoilers for 28 days later um and of course the whole reason we have that scene at the start with this you know the, the scientist and the the, the eco-terrorist like letting the the chimps out is it so the movie can say 28 days later afterwards right that's that's the point right. that's why we have that scene to start it mm-hmm. uh but Kelly Murphy wakes up and it is yeah it's super eerie there, do you know what I did notice some like uh, very kind of and I don't have a problem with product placement in the sense that it actually feels more natural to have real real items than fake ones. Sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, we did Dawn of the Dead last episode, and I actually noticed on the dinner table at one point there was like a it was like PFC, like a bucket of chicken, but it wasn't KFC. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and it was it was kind of distracting because it wasn't real. Yeah. Um. Whereas here, there's a lot of like Pepsi and there's like Maltesers at one point. 
Uh, but I, I did feel like there was a couple of moments where they were really like, like, because at one point she's like, "Hey, do you want Pepsi or Lil?" And he's like, "Oh, you got any Tango?" Um, and I know, I know, Tim's like, we don't have those th- most of those drinks. You have Pepsi, obviously, yeah. but yeah. uh, but to me that was like, oh god, <laughs> like, <laughs> like okay, I get it. You're really like going, yeah, we've got a Tango somewhere in here. Like, uh, all right, calm down. You don't have to draw attention to it too much. But you know, yeah. So you have like this like five ten minute section of him walking around the city, and it's all quiet and eerie, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the part that everyone remembers from this movie for the most. Yeah. You know, it's 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 very distinct. It's very eerie. Uh, and, you know, and then once it gets into the actual, okay, a couple of characters find them because because uh, Naomi Harris isn't alone. There's another guy there named Mark who, mm-hmm. and they, they kind of rescue him and explain what's going on and explain. The oh, ex- hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Explain the virus <laughs> to us and like the you know, society kind of broke down. There's no government anymore, uh, and. This is all. This is all fine. It's all fine. This is why these weird things, though. Where we, no I feel more like toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a line later on in the movie where someone's like argues that you know, obviously the entire of the UK is screwed, but mm-hmm. like you know, across the Atlantic, everything should be fine. Like, it, how would it spread? You know, like over the mm-hmm. sea or over mountains and stuff. And I sort of chuckled for a second, thinking, well, if 2020's taught me anything, it very easily spreads. <laughs> however, however, I did think about it a little bit more. And to be fair, given that this virus turns you into a rage zombie within 10 seconds, I have to think that no one got let on a plane who was already yeah. infected. So, <laughs> you know, okay. Like, I think there's a reason to think maybe other places are okay. And I well, think this, I think the sequel kind of confirms that, actually. I've only seen that once. It was a long-ass time well, ago. The, the, uh, the sequel actually starts with uh, a guy in America um, oh, getting a it? package from Amazon, and he says, Oh, good, <laughs> my, my British chimp is here. And then... <laughs> was there a hole in the box? <laughs> so the chimp could breathe, I mean. Not that it needs to, yeah, some right, yeah. but... Uh... <laughs> Yes, I wasn't trying to make any sort of sick joke there, just uh, before anyone... I gotcha, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoever takes that the wrong way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is kind of the stuff that... It's, it's kind of weird, because, like, maybe it wasn't a big deal. Because zombie movies at the time... Like, obviously, there'd been the big classics, but... It, mm. This was kind of the start of, like, the resurgence, where zombie movies were starting to come out a lot in the 2000s. So it yeah. probably was fine at the time. Uh, you know, being after that era, though, and having, you know, even more zombie movies since... Like, all this stuff what they're explaining, like, how society fell, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's just get through this quickly, because I, I, I'm sick of hearing this. I'm sick of right. hearing this part, because we'll, we'll just be yeah. doing it in every zombie movie. Um, yep. I guess around some of the other things, though, it doesn't seem like they have to shoot them in the head in this. It's just kind of like... I mean, because <coughs> the disadvantage the characters have in this, and it's actually quite realistic because they're in the UK, is that none of these characters have guns. Like, they have machetes, they have, like, bats mm-hmm. and stuff. They do not have guns, uh, and that's very realistic because people in the UK, by and large, do not have firearms. It's just not a thing. Um, so that's because you guys don't have freedom. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, Tim, we do have freedom. Uh, just, uh... What? <laughs> then how do you protect it? <laughs> uh, we have freedom along with free healthcare uh, and gun control. I can't understand any of the words you're saying. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the uh one of the things that's like interesting too is uh like yeah we're, we're saying like oh yeah this is the kind of thing that popularized uh you know fast running zombies but <clears throat> like i feel like the other innovation is the um you kind of mentioned it the uh how quick the turnaround is because it's like do they say exactly is it 10 seconds uh 10 to 20 seconds i think it's the exact sentence she says yeah 
Yeah, so like uh one of the things uh that's like interesting about that is uh that instantly takes off the table the whole like you know trope of oh some a character gets bit and then they mm-hmm. have to hide it from the group kind of thing. Like I, I like that. I mean, hell, we actually kind of get, like, the equivalent of it in this, in the sense that, you know, Brendan Gleeson, when they arrive, because eventually when they get to the other characters... <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Yeah. They arrive at the, uh, the roadblock, because eventually they're looking for this, like, this place because there's a, a radio signal of this, like, military branch sort of saying, hey, we've got a safe haven, come here. And a lot of the movies, them traveling to get there. And when they get there about an hour way through, he gets very... Because he's been a very, like, nice, likable guy the whole time. And the first time he ever gets angry or loses his temper is when they get here and it seems like they're already dead or there's nothing here and it was all for nothing. And it's like he kind of breaks down. And I actually kind of like that scene because of it. But he he, he kind of just hangs out somewhere near the, near the other characters on the road. And there's a crow above him that just sort of, like, <laughs> drops some blood and it lands in his eye and that's enough to turn them. <laughs> so, so we get this sort of scene where he sort of realizes he's about to turn and he yells at his daughter, who's another, you know, character here, uh, to not, you know, to stay away from him, to stay away from him, and then he just quickly turns. So that's kind of the equivalent, is they have to do it in, like, 20 seconds, where yeah. he's turning, he realizes he's turning, he yells at her to stay away, and then, you know the soldiers come in and that sort of sets up the next part of the movie i, I think that's that's always the thing that's maybe that i never loved when i first saw it and i don't like i don't dislike it as much now but it's still a little bit jarring is that the movie does change so much at this moment like yeah because yeah, the movie up until this point it's you know it's the or mark gets killed quite quickly because he's at the that kelly and murphy wants to go and see his parents and they're already dead but they had a peaceful death which is nice because uh, Mark talks about how like he you know he had to watch his parents like and his sister die and it was this horrific thing and but he gets killed that night so then it's just Kelly and Murphy and Naomi and when they're walking back they see like these Christmas lights flashing in an apartment and they go up and Brendan Gleeson's got this riot gear that he's found somewhere and he's like helping them out and he's very pleasant and he introduces them to to his like teenage daughter. And this is one of these things where I immediately went, oh, God, like, not this time, but the first time I watched, like, Teenage Daughter, oh, God, but, you know, like, like, is this going to be, like, a protective thing? Is it going to be, like, people who are going mm-hmm. to, like, you know, and, and the movie ultimately goes there. That's what the soldiers are all about, is the idea that, like, the idea of finding a woman in the post-apocalypse is kind of rare, so they're all a bunch of rapey assholes, and that's kind of where we get to <laughs> later on. Uh, yeah. But to your surprise for the first like hour of the movie like these characters are all very pleasant to each other obviously naomi mm-hmm. at first is very like uh you know we don't need them they're going to slow us down but that's kind of like i said her arc is that by the time we get to later in the movie she does grow to care about these characters she she sees through them being happy as father and daughter that she does want happiness and she admits that and by the end you know she does like want this with Kellyanne and all the rest of it um but you know, you know, we have these happy montages of them, like, you know, shopping and, like, there's a really funny scene where Brendan Gleeson and the, the, the supermarket is like, no, no, don't take that booze, that's shit. No, this one's got a nice aftertaste and he, like, grabs, like, four balls. And even this is a nice little touch that I appreciate is that later on, after he's already dead and, but it's a scene where Christopher Eccleston, who's the head soldier, is essentially going to explain to Kelly and Murphy that, yeah, we lured you in here because I promised the men women and that's what you're here for. And, you know, I want you to be on board with that and join us and be a part of our team. But, like, they're here to, you know, basically be sex dolls. Uh, I mean, he he claims, like, rebuilding society, but it's it's not that. It, like, they're yeah, all obnoxious yeah. and disgusting. And Well, not all of them. There's one or two who are a bit better. Notably, the only Scottish character is the only soldier who's like, no, this is wrong. We are better <laughs> than this. Um, but, 
Anyway, yeah, so, but he serves him a drink, and I thought, this is something that I only noticed for the first time on this viewing, but you can see the box next to him when he's pouring the drink. It's actually the booze that Brendan Gleeson got from the supermarket. It's a wonderful little dark touch that he's taking this booze for himself. Like, he's taking the booze, the idea Come that he's, go, he's, go, he's going to then take uh, the people, which is even darker, so... Yeah. Uh, that's great. I didn't even notice that either. That's that's really nice. It's a nice touch. It's a really nice little touch. Uh, but yeah, so I, I appreciated the this back section a little bit because of those small touches and because it, uh, you know, the, the idea of like Naomi Harris's character caring about the, the you know Hannah the teenager and like trying to like because because when it becomes clear these men are going to like dress them up and then rape them, she she tries to give like the teenager some valium because basically like hey at least you won't care like i'm trying to make it so you don't have to experience it with all your emotions like you, you, you'll you feel kind of like you know you, you won't feel it basically you'll you'll be, you'll be too out of yeah. it um and it's this really dark idea and it's really sad but the idea she cares this much about taking care of her is like a big character change for her because from the start of the movie she's like now nah, you'll slow me down like mm-hmm. you know i'm all about myself and just surviving and whatever it's about them finding their humanity and the contrast of these soldiers when they get there of these just these vicious assholes and uh all the rest of it uh and but i think probably the second <laughs> thing people remember about this movie outside of the opening stuff is probably the music that plays uh mm-hmm. as as kelly and murphy like is able to like escape death from being shot and uh releases because the, they've got like a zombie on chains to like with the mm-hmm. idea that they might learn something from it but he he releases the zombie and we get this sequence as one by one the soldiers are bit by the zombie and they're running around and Kelly Murphy eventually has to kill with his bare hands, like the sol- the worst soldier who's been the most rapey, for lack of a better term. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it feels very, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Like you mentioned, like uh, kind of earlier, <clears throat> like when they're shopping and stuff, kind of feels like Dawn of the Dead, and then this whole back half basically feels like Day of the Dead. Like, mm. uh, yeah, even to the point of like, oh yeah, we have like a zombie chained up uh, and everything that gets like let loose in the <laughs> later half. Yeah, it's uh, obviously the big moment here after after he kills the the, the not the last one because Eccleston's still still alive and he's because he was separate, but mm-hmm. uh, when he kills this soldier who was with Naomi and he, he's all covered in blood and he's running around and he's he's very angry, so he actually kind of appears to almost look like a zombie in this scene to mm-hmm. to her, and one of the big things she said earlier on is that you know if if you turn I won't hesitate like you know, in, a, in a heartbeat I'll kill you if you turn, mm-hmm. and she goes to like you know slice some of the machete but she hesitates. And Eddie saw Alex says that was longer on the heartbeat. And it's like the idea that she's actually, she's grown human enough that the hesitation is what saved his life is, you know, it's kind of a great dramatic point to like, that's why I like her arc more than his, because his arc is a bit more about him becoming more of a, you know, the the, the person who can survive in a zombie apocalypse. I kind of like her story being the one where, no, she's already too jaded and too far gone. And it's about her coming back to humanity. Is it's, I guess it's just it's more hopeful and it's more optimistic and whatever, but. Yeah, I wonder if there's something to be said of like, um, you know, this whole thing. It's a, you know, it, and it's not. It's not just like a zombie thing. It's like a rage thing. Like they're in in, in uh, infected with like this kind of rabies mm. rage virus. And then I I wonder if there's something there where, yeah, towards the end here, like, you know, uh, this is what uh, you know Murphy's character is doing. Is he's basically like overcome with rage as well so he's pretty much acting like similar to you know like one of these zombie things but uh, uh, it's because uh, these like soldiers have basically forced him to become it yeah they've driven him to it. I, I mean I, I think it's the whole idea about the rage thing is to sort of like 
it's almost being very on the nose with the what it's trying to do metaphor wise um mm-hmm. and i think one of the things that i don't like is there's a whole st- i've never liked the dinner scene there's like a scene where the soldiers like have them at the dinner table and they sit and kind of debate various things and eccleston starts talking about well you know 20 you know 28 days before all this happened all i saw was people killing each other anyway and the same four weeks before that i saw people killing mm-hmm. each other like it was kind of like being a bit heavy-handed i thought at some of these scenes yeah. with its messaging uh, i don't think it really needed it um mm-hmm. and I, I think it's maybe it's stuff like the dinner scene and them trying to have this kind of weird like <clears throat> i don't know like home life that they've built for themselves I just, <laughs> it always yeah. just sort of struck me as kind of weird and something that distracted me from what you know the, the real danger was here uh, mm-hmm. which is them sort of like their attitude towards the, the the ladies and what they were going to do to them and mm-hmm. um but uh when they get out uh Eccleston shoots killian and it's actually hannah who like who's driving the the, the car because the, the, it's like a taxi cab that uh mm-hmm. her dad had uh she drives it back into a zombie so that Eccleston gets killed and then she drives him away mm-hmm. um i've never been fond of the 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 freeze frame because they, they drive through the mm-hmm. gate and it like does this like really harsh freeze frame um, <laughs> and then says 28 days later so for those of you keeping track <laughs> that's actually what uh, 56? 40, 56 yeah. yeah 56 days later now we're at this point <laughs> although some days have passed since he woke up so it's actually more than that it's true yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been probably close to a week since he woke up at that point but um he uh yeah so we, we get you know they make a big sign saying you know hello to a plane and they're, mm. they're getting rescued so it ends with a very happy you know saccharin ending which is which is fine that I, mm. I you know some of the big things we sort of glossed over sort of moments wise uh there's, there's a whole scene in the tunnel like so we have you know we have this sort of big oh, yeah, yeah. tense scene in the tunnel when they're driving mm. uh again there's another sort of happy scene before they like this because they get like a flat tire but there's a really happy scene of them like driving they're all kind of like ah this is all like it's like a roller coaster they're all happy and and cheery <laughs> But they break down in the tunnel, they have to change the tire, but we have all the rats running, it's like, oh, they're running from infected. <laughs> so this yeah. isn't like the Dawn of the Dead remake. The the animals do yeah. get attacked and are, are, are a victim of these things. I uh, say let them have the rats. <laughs> sure, <hate> yes. Rats. <laughs> it's let them have the rats, yes. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's a good scene, though, because like, Hannah is the one changing the, the tire, and she has to do it quickly. And, and because it's quick, because it'll take too long to like, set up the jack and all that, they, they literally have like all the other characters like lifting up the the car enough just enough yeah. that she can get the, the tire changed uh so it's just race against the time so it's, it's, it's an effective sequence it's good i i think the uh the images of the, the rats are all scurrying and the the shadows yep. of the zombies coming it looks good it's a good sequence i agree yeah <laughs> um there's the other little set piece which is uh kelly and like going into the little store and like having to kill the zombie boy oh right 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 because uh, yeah. that's the, that's the first time he actually kills one and it's kind of like a big moment for him yeah. Uh, but alternatively, you have the, the quieter scenes where they're having a picnic, and then like Brendan Gleeson notices some horses running around that are uninfected, so they're just happy. And that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, 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 I think that's the thing is that it gives you all these examples of them getting kind of like some peace and like sort of growing as a family unit, mm-hmm. and then the the soldiers completely interrupt that, and that's okay. That's kind of what you expect, but I think it's just how weird it gets and how much of it. It doesn't like gradually introduce them or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's such a paradigm shift at that point in the movie that it always feels a little bit of a jolt to me which is probably by design but i don't know if i like it <laughs> yeah uh, I, don't, I don't know it's um it's strange i the I, I don't mind the story aspect to it i just do think it really needs to be cut down sure because it just <laughs> it shouldn't be like half the movie <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I was like baffled. Like, I, I, you know, the dinner scene for the most part, I would cut out. Uh, the fact that they've got uh, like a, and it's it's almost I, I get what it's doing. It's trying to like foreshadow the the idea that they want the women because they've got this guy who's like the the, the designated chef and he's terrible at it. Like he makes an omelet and yeah. the eggs were off, so they spit it out. And he imme- immediately Eccleston's like, "Well, I hope one of you can cook <laughs> because we're really kind of lacking in that department." Uh, so I, I think you know I, I'll ask what that's kind of doing. It's setting up this idea of like their you know sexist misogynistic views of like what what they're going to use the women for. It's not about finding other humans that are survived. It's about a resource essentially that yeah. they, they, they they're looking at. And like I, I get that it's all leading to that, but I don't know if we necessarily need to do all these extra little bits teasing it before we got there. I, I think sure just you know uh, and there, there are some powerful elements to it though like i, I think there's a scene where like because they've got all these like floodlights set up and like trip wires mm-hmm. in case zombies like get close to the big house <coughs> and mm-hmm. there's a moment where the alarm goes off and they go and take care of the zombies the soldiers do and when they come back naomi's like holding her, her machete she's like ready to fight mm-hmm. and there is kind of like a powerful moment here where the the main sort of shitty one kind of like takes his oh you want not this sweetheart you've got me to protect you and She's yeah. been such a strong, like, fighting character throughout all the movie that having these assholes just immediately kind of belittle her and make mm-hmm. her feel weak uh, by teasing her and then, like, saying, oh, hey, maybe you can come by and, like, you know... Uh, he says... He, he basically pretends that Machete's his dick and talks about, like, yeah. you know, his big shaft or whatever. Um, but it's, like, immediately saying these things to her and immediately, like, reducing her to just this... As a kind of a powerful, infuriating scene where you really want him to die. Like, immediately yeah. you're like, I hope you die horribly. Yeah. Uh, and he does get his fingers poked out with uh, thumbs. That's what Killian does to him <laughs> later. But, so, there, so there are some really good moments in that, that last half, but it does go on far too long. <laughs> yeah. It goes on far too long. Um, is, there, is there any other like, set pieces or sequences that you, you want to... Uh, I mean... I guess we talked about it a little bit, but there's the, I mean, the beginning stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, like when he's, uh, oh, I guess we didn't, we didn't talk about the church. I like that scene. Um, uh, when like, yeah, you kind of like see all the people like in the pews and stuff. And then, um, yeah, you have like the one kind of priest, like running towards them. Like I always thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and then like the stuff when, Which, I mean, you know, I thought, I think just on that, I think we maybe have to talk about the symbolism there that he he can't oh, find sure. anyone. He's lonely. It's getting dark, and he essentially finally you know we don't even know if he's religious or not. It's never really brought up. But the idea yeah. that he eventually goes to a church because it's like the the place <laughs> uh, where he might find help. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the last resort is like turning to God. It's kind of like right. But when he goes mm-hmm. there that's where the real danger is waiting for him for the first time. Like, you know, <laughs> so I, I, I'm not saying that the movie's saying anything about religion. I'm more saying that sure. the movie's saying to him that there is no God here to help you. Like, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, it's setting up how bad the stakes are, I think, uh, by having having him finally resort to that place and not only for that place to turn around and say, no, this is where the danger really is. It, you know, yeah. I think there's a, a, a nice, like, set up to oh, no, the tone it- of the movie there. Yeah, no, th- there's definitely, like, some good stuff there. And then just, like, uh, on a stylistic level, I, I think it just kind of looks cool. <laughs> you know, like, sure, these yeah. dead bodies and the priests and stuff. And then, uh, and yeah, and, like, I, I do like this kind of opening segment. I feel like is all very exciting when he meets, uh, you know, the characters and, uh, you know, when they, when they, like, go to that uh, house and, like, yeah, Mark gets bit and stuff. Like, um, yeah, I don't really have much to say other than, yeah, I just think that stuff is cool. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, and I will say, um, 
not that I, <laughs> I don't want to sound like it, like I don't want a happy ending or anything, but like, I don't know, the, the end is just way too like, like, I don't know, saccharine and sweet for mm. me. Like, it's just like way too happy where it's like, we have this perfect little family. It's a bit and... of a tone shift. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, there was a tone shift when we got to the house with the soldiers and then there's another tone shift mm. for the last scene. Um, funny enough all the alternate endings are darker because apparently all, <laughs> all of the alternate endings have Kelly and Murphy's character die okay interesting yeah so uh, maybe one of those endings are better I have no idea um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know it's not like I, I don't hate the ending like you know I I'm, I like that they're you know that they're doing okay but it, it's just something about the, the way yeah it's portrayed where it's just like they're so happy and it's like, oh, wave to the nice pilot, man. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I like it in the sense that they, they earned the right to survive because they were good people sure. and they were good to each other. And all of the, you know, the, the soldier who thought this is just the way the world is and we have to rebuild in, in this really kind of, you know, barbaric way. And <laughs> like, I, I like the kind of the, the moral of that. Um, I do yeah. kind of agree the scene itself, though, is really like the music's really playing up and they're all smiling yeah. and waving <laughs> and, you know. Uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's a bit in the much side. I, it's just funny because, like, obviously, I've I've spoken about a lot of positive qualities of the movie. And I do think there's a lot of good things in here. Yeah. Um, but I've never, I've just, I've never quite crossed the line into loving it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good movie that unfortunately looks like shit because of how it was shot. <laughs> but I think it's a good movie that um i don't love nearly as much as a lot of other. You know, I I have like you know I have like a top five or top ten zombie movies, and I don't <laughs> think this quite makes the cut. But I do get why other people love it, and I do think there's some merit in there. No, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, definitely wouldn't be in my top five, maybe top ten. Um, and and again, I I was definitely one of those people that like loved this when it came out. Like I was, you know, banging that drum, and it's uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's a shame that um, I I still like it. It's just it it sucks that it you know has gone down a little bit for me over the years. Yeah. And especially since the, like, the the reasons for it, like, it, it's not, like, stuff that, um, <clears throat> you know, like, is unsolvable. Like, really, if, if you just are, are able to, I mean, well, obviously, like, yeah, you can't really <laughs> fix the look of it now. But it's like, yeah, if it was just filmed on film, like, and, and looked better and, um... Yeah, and then I think the length is an issue. Like, you know, if it was cut down to maybe a nice trim, like, you know, uh, hour 40, hour, you know, 35 or something, like, I feel like this would, it would do so much, you know, to you know, bring me back up to really digging it. Um, but yeah, it, it's a shame that nothing we can really do about that. Yeah, I, no, I agree. The back half does need trimmed. It's, it's just too long. Um, but yeah. Also, I always thought the rain in this movie, like, we were seeing it's like raining during that last like section when the music's playing and he's like getting yeah. ready to like run into the house. There's some sort of really weird, and I don't know if it's just because of the video quality or if it's like the the the, rate, the fake, you know, sprinklers that we're using where we're pumping the water out in a weird way, but it has yeah. this kind of weird kind of look to it. It's hard to describe. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I agree that there's something yeah. that feels off about it. Uh, I, I assume probably just more uh again just having to do with that the way they filmed it but yeah, i don't know 
I wonder if it's because light rain doesn't show up well on film, and I wonder if it shows up even less on on this type of video. Maybe. So yeah. maybe they had to like make it so heavy that it just looks really weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, to show up on on this type of camera. Yeah, that's my only guess. Uh, but hey, um, and it's actually on the rain. Uh, they're, they're, it's actually <laughs> mentioned early on because like Brendan Gleeson's got a bunch of buckets up on the roof to catch water. And he makes a he makes a kind of a, a joke. Is like I can't believe that we're you know we're struggling for rain in England. Like because the UK typically you know it rains often enough. It's not a a place that gets droughts. <laughs> like it's pretty sure. easy going. Um, so I, I do think there's a very symbolic thing there that it does rain. Like when he finally unleashes at the end, like you know it does start pouring a rain as he he's able to survive. Like finally the rain came, kind of thing. You know there's, there's stuff there. Uh, you know so. There's definitely a self and payoff. There's, there's definitely a little touches like between the you know the Brendan Gleeson's booze and the rain and like you know how it how it shows you certain things about like the character's predicament. I, I think there's a lot of smart touches, but I like yeah. stuff like they you know like earlier is you know teaching his daughter how to drive and then mm-hmm. you know by the end of the movie she's you know the taking over the cab and stuff like yeah that's like there's definitely good storytelling in here. Like you can see that this is. You know, not something that was just like you know slapped together by, you know, some no talent hack. Like you know, the, there's definite chops in there in the yeah, script. Sure. All right. Well, I guess it's time we rate the movie then, Timmy. What are you, what are you giving it? Uh, still give it a, a pretty decent score. I think I'll just go with a a flat seven. Um, you know, I, I I think there's you know a lot of good ideas. There's you know stuff to be enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's just the the look of it and um and and some and the runtime and, and you know a few things like that here and there just really bring it down and then uh and again it's another one of those things where um it, it feels like there's a lot of stuff that you know it probably did first but then there is but you know what after watching 50 million zombie movies and going back to this it's you can't help but see like stuff that maybe is a little tropey but um yeah and it's again, not that- don't want to hold it against it but well, it's one of those things where if, if if we feel that way about this, it means that other places maybe did some of the things better, and therefore, that's true, yeah. That's you know, like there's other things because I never feel like I never dock points from Night of the Living Dead for things that other movies copied from it. Um, right, right, right. It's just a case of like that's like the example where no, it was done so perfectly that first time that nothing's came close in that sense. I yeah. mean, I mean, that's going Dawn, but I feel like Dawn's <laughs> doing different yeah. things. It's a zombie movie, but it's doing a different thing with the zombie movie. Anyway. Totally. Uh, so this is uh, that is that. I, I will give. I'm. I mean, I'm going to be boring here and probably just give it a straight seven as well. We're kind of on the same wavelength. Um, I think it's a good movie. It has. It, I don't love it, but it does a lot of really smart little things. Uh, it is a shame that it was shot on digital video in 2001 because it looks like absolute <laughs> trash. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, you know, obviously, if you're if you're a horror movie person and you've not seen it yet you should see it it's, it's definitely a staple of, yeah. of, of, of its time and uh it is worth watching so uh there you go 20 days later if you made it this far into the uh into the review you can put the word in the comments you can put the word <laughs> you could put the word omelette okay <laughs> Right. There's an omelette in there. It's relevant. Sure. <laughs> All right, Tim. Stop silently judging me for my <laughs> my choice of uh, keyword. 
and get ready to pause because here we go three two (laughs) one pause wait what (laughs) seven your rating you're 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 spoiling your rating and it's two Uh and then uh this is as close as i could get to eight on this hand (laughs) i don't have eight fingers on this hand so it's just 25 (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, well, I don't know how to top that. I mean, I mentioned Patreon earlier. Support us on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash TV. That was a dollar per month. Like and subscribe. Please do. Please do. All those things help. Uh, catch us on, on Twitter at Screams Midnight. Uh, even as Tim's on paternity leave right now, by the time you get this, you can get, I'm sure, random updates from him on there. I'm, I'm sure you'll happily mm-hmm. update. We both post from that Twitter account, but Tim tends to be the wackier yep. posts. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, so do go do, go do that. Uh, uh, hopefully you join Zombie Month, um, and uh, we'll have another one for you next time. But uh, this has been Screams After Midnight, so thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, and we will see you next time.